This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Well, stories of an open light and every time we work ourselves up it's a rage. Smashing gravity full the handle, no one says, but everybody wants to be the one just climbing out and I'm feeling Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Henry Birdseye, and he talks to me about his love of using the internet to make friends, make jokes, and generally to utilize its possibilities. He is someone who got into the internet via AOL chat rooms, a little bit down the road, making his own GeoCities site, and now he finds himself making Amazon Echo skills and making Facebook frames. So he's really kind of stayed at the forefront of all these different ways to use the internet as a general social user. And it was so much fun to sit down with him and unpack all of this after years of enjoying the uh, material that he put out on the internet. Uh, you can follow Henry on Twitter at T-E-H-Awesome, and you can find him on Tumblr at the same.tumblr.com. That's T-E-H-Awesome.tumblr.com, not the same.tumblr.com. That'd be stupid. It was enlightening to get to chat with him about all this stuff. He's been covered by things like BuzzFeed. He's been contacted by uh, ABC Nightline. Uh, so if you want to uh, follow Henry's endeavors online, I strongly encourage you to seek him out on the platforms that he mentions in the conversation as he welcomes new friends and followers. If you'd like to listen to another show in the Chicago Podcast Co-op, might I recommend Roboism. Alex and Savannah talk about robots, uh, AI, other utilizations of the internet, much like Henry gets into in this conversation, so I think it's a good one-to-one. It also is worthy of note that Savannah and Henry are working on a new project together with some other creatives. It's a live play D&D podcast, so keep an eye out for that in the coming weeks. If you would like to see a live show, you can come to the Annoyance Theater in Chicago any Thursday night at 9.30 to catch the fishbowl. My team Sight Unseen closes out the night, but you... If you are a student of improv or of any other type, can put a student ID into the fishbowl for an opportunity to open the show with a group of directors, performers, teachers, and other veteran types from around the Annoyance Theater and beyond. So if you're a newer improviser or any kind of student and want to get some stage time with some people who aren't newer improvisers, then you can come to the show throw your ID in, and possibly get a chance to play. If not, you just get to watch some solid improv. It's a pretty good deal. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy this conversation. I feel like HBO did all of us a solid by putting all those Harry Potter movies up yeah, recently. Yeah, they did. Because <laughs> you know I watched them all. <laughs> yeah, right. I I watched part one, I think, four years ago. And I read all the books. And I Same. watched part one. And then I like I never got around to watching part two. Really? You never even saw it? So, it's the way better one of the yeah, two. it totally is. Because like, part one uh, is setting up all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's just a battle mode. It's mostly. just a payoff. When we watched it out, it's like, man, they should really subtitle this movie, The Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, like, 100%. 
100%. Because it's really, if I, and I think that if that splitting the last movie into two thing had been more popular at the time, they might have. Yeah. Because it feels like all the Hobbit movies did that. Mm. Like they tried to give them some semblance of like, this is what happens in this movie. Right, here's the deal. Small desolates everyone or whatever. Right. <laughs> you can tell because the desolation of Smaug, you'll, you'll figure it out. It's a right. real clever system we have in place. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're so solid. They are good, but like I had forgotten everything that happened in part one. Oh, of course. Been, so I'm just like, what the hell's going on? Why are they in this cabin? They're talking to Grip Hook and another person I've forgotten. Oh, I forgot which horcruxes had been taken care of. It was There's very a lot confusing. of stuff in, and I think I've probably read Deathly Hallows the least mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so I was with you, and my fiance never read any of the books, but has seen all the movies. So mm-hmm. he was like, "There were there was at least one thing where he tried to call me out and was like, I thought you liked Harry Potter.' And I was like, "Lay off me! <laughs> it's this or whatever. Yeah, it's a rich world. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "What are Star Wars things? You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. you two can play at this game. Right. Give him a very spiteful quiz about Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah." Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I stuck up for myself. I Good. got there eventually. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> uh, my guest today is Henry Birdseye, which sounds kind of like it could live in a Harry Potter world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, J.K. Rowling is very subtle about her. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, is that person? His name is Grip Hook. Is he to be trusted? <laughs> Who can tell? <laughs> Severus Snape yeah. doesn't sound malicious he's at the, all. He's the happy one, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, even, I think it's all breaks down with, like, the names of the houses. Yeah. It's like, she does a good job of... She nails it. Uh, setting everything up for wh- what you're supposed to get out of yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I'd work at some sort of wizarding forest preserve, <laughs> right. like, clearly. Right. <laughs> I'd live in a tower. Yeah, you work with, like, Charlie Weasley, mm-hmm. right, because I think he's the dragon one. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I went with birds. Well, yeah. But yeah, anything that flies and is yeah, yeah. up, I'd no, work forestry. with them. Yeah, yeah that works. That's, I think that's how that name would be in the Rowling universe. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, contrary to what this sounds like so far, we're not going to talk about Harry Potter no, for an no. hour. <laughs> we're going to talk about Henry's experiences in different online communities and uh, what navigating those and making jokes throughout them <laughs> pretty much has gotten <laughs> uh, has gotten him. Uh, so what do you think is the origin of your interest in finding fringe internet communities? Uh, well, I think like I am of the generation that's like the older Gen Y group. So I grew up with dial-up internet and like mm-hmm. old, old things. And then... Um, you know, I got high-speed internet in college, but it was like college where everyone had desktop computers instead of laptops, and really no one had cell phones. Like, it's that weird era where I've seen, like, no internet and internet everywhere. Sure. So I definitely relate to that, and I think it's all just shifted just barely earlier in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, we started to get cell phones in high school as opposed Ooh. to college. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I got mine, like, middle of college. Mm-hmm. I remember I went to college with a phone card that I would use to mm-hmm. call home. And be like, you know, you have to enter yeah. like your twenty-digit code so just to call your mom and be like, "I'm alive." Bye. <laughs> Thanks for the food. So wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no. So back then, I think in elementary school, I had like AOL, and that was when you could go into one chat room at a time, mm. and if it was a public chat room, your friends could be like, "Where are they?" And it would be like, "Ah, he's in skateboarding five. Hilarious. And that was the fifth 
chat room about skateboarding or oh whatever. Oh my god! Um, and it was like a lot of like mischief and, and and goofery. It was a lot of like chatting with your friends, but sometimes it was like lightly cyber cyberbullying your pals and things like that. Of just like we're gonna well we're gonna pretend we're someone else today, or we're gonna you know do a goof. gotcha. Um, what was that? Um, going in the chat rooms and just being like, let's see what strangers have to say. And it was usually something mean. I think, yeah, like, I was gonna say that sounds like a nightmare. It was bad being in seventh or eighth grade, like the most insecure time of your life, and then having like you can be anonymous and you can talk to other people that are that age or older or who knows. Yeah. Um, but I think like you know that's the age of your life where you're trying to figure out like who you are and you're kind of trying out different identities and the internet is pretty good for that even if it means you're just being different jerks you're just trying to be every type of jerk you can. <laughs> um, but that was like I remember back then um, there there were just the internet was built around like mischief and there were there were things called punters. Do you remember punters? No. Punters were software that you would install them on your computer and then you would use them on AOL to like it would it would basically like nicely packaged software exploits that would kick your friends off AOL or like make their thing crash or Oh my God. Like it would send like fifty IMs in one second and just overwhelm and like their program like you see it was it, too slow to actually resolve that situation. Right. And it would just crash their thing. And right. so you, like suddenly you had the power to just like kick people offline or That is wild. Uh, oh boy. I, d- was, I don't I've never <laughs> known these depths. <laughs> was, man, I remember um, yeah, they're all weirdly branded, like, oh, did you get the Adidas punter? And that was just a punter that someone had built that would kick other people offline that was branded like Adidas, the sports brand. What? But someone there was like, yeah, and so that was like the weird way that I, I'm guessing it was like teens who knew Visual Basic were building this stuff. And then you would you would go to some sort of like Wares, spelled W-A-R-E-Z. I think I pronounced it Juarez for a long time. Oh, Juarez. Yeah, I think it's Wares. Like, oh, check out my Wares. Right. Um, but as a kid, I always said it Juarez because you didn't talk about that out loud. No so one was there funny. to correct That's you. That's what I was going to say. I, uh, I do think there's – you can – tell kind of the people in your life who are more readers versus listeners because <laughs> there are some people who consistently uh, either mispronounce words or pronounce words in a way that I never would have. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that person is such a reader. Like, right, yes. And I, I only mean that in a good way. Like, it's yeah. just like, that's how you get your information. And yeah, yeah you were Juarez and it up mm-hmm. because you never said no, that word. <laughs> there was no adult there to say it properly. There was no <laughs> podcast to discuss it. It was just like a weird, deep internet hole I had found on my own. I volunteered to join uh, 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 a Wares group, which meant like, um, you'd have a screen name, you'd make another screen name that had like a tag in front of it, similar to people have like clan names in online games. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, I think our name was, um, our name was Chronic. Oh. It, yeah. So this guy named White Dragon reached out to me and he's like, do you want to be in our wares group? And I was like, yeah. He's like, what can you do? I could do nothing. I couldn't code. I couldn't do anything cool. He was like, can you fish? And uh, oh, fish with a, with a pH, oh. not like, do you want to listen to a jam band forever? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to watch a band tour? Like, no, it was the thing where you'd email people and try to get their passwords from them. Fuck. And I said, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, totally. Got I, it. I knew I would never email a stranger. Like, never. I never fish. But I got to be added to the group. And so this guy, White Dragon, got a new screen name, and it was uh, Chronic Dragon. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, so he's like, we're working on our own punter. It's going to be, we're going to blow it. We're going to blow up the scene. It's going to be real cool. And we had our own chat room and it was private. 
So like if someone were to see what chat room I'm in, because you could be in one chat room at a time, they'd be like, oh, Henry's in a private room. That's um, there's some serious stuff going on in there. It was real. He's yeah, probably right. learning how to fish. Yeah, I <laughs> teach a man to fish. <laughs> he takes an old woman's password. <laughs> so, what? Uh, how do you? Hmm. How would things be uh, branded? Like, how would you make it so that everyone knew that this punter was from the Chronic Wares? Oh boy, group? you. I think like so. You'd probably. Uh, Figure out some sort of image you'd make. Um, remember when people would make like ASCII art? They'd take all those characters and like they'd, they'd make a picture out of letters in usually like a monotype font. So like they're all the same width and uh, yeah, you'd, you'd make a thing that uh, it says chronic and it usually plays music. They would play music oh for my some reason. God. And some of them had like really good jams in there. So to me, this sounds like what media of the time tried to make the internet seem like right Does it was that, very like hackers the movie yes like, like something yeah. popping up and it being like a a pixelated thing that yeah. suddenly your whole desktop is like <laughs> filled and yeah that is wild to me yeah i well i remember like okay so like old internet i remember there was a thing if you got your friends to run an executable file on their computer which by the way probably shared with the whole family <laughs> um there was right. probably a desktop computer in a public room, Absolutely. or if your friends were a little bit better off, they might have their own computer in their own room. But it was usually a communal computer. If you could get them to run an executable, seemingly nothing would happen. But then if I had a program on on my computer, I could – and I knew that they had run this thing. I'd be like, you know, you had to basically lie to your friends or strangers, but I messed with my friends because at least I knew them and I could, like, troubleshoot them if things got really bad. Right. Like, um, you could – so – I'd be like, check out this game. It's real cool. And I'd send them an executable file that was like, you know, 200 kilobytes. They'd run it and be like, it didn't work. I'd be like, oh, man, here's here. Try again. And like I'd send them like maybe a real thing. They didn't realize that that first thing. I think I just sound like a jerk here. That first thing was actually like opening up their computer so that I could mess with it. And then I had I had my own program and I could do oh things like God. remotely open their CD tray. And they just be like, whoa, yeah. whoa. Or they could, <laughs> I could change their desktop background to be whatever I wanted. Um, I think, like, overall with the internet, I started off, like, very <laughs> negative and mean. And I've since, like, as an adult over the last, like, however many years figured out how to, like, be goofy but not mean. Right. Because it, it's so easy to be mean. Oh, for sure. It's, I mean, it's way less uh, high tech than the situation you're describing. But... Uh, I had a friend tell me recently that his, you know, quote unquote favorite thing to do in college was to like be in a friend's room, take a screenshot of their desktop, put it, set it as their desktop background and then delete all their icons. Oh, and yeah. I was like, that is so fucking insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, these were your friends? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you know, just like mess around with one another. Oh, I did that too. That was my favorite thing. Um, I had a feeling that you would be familiar with this tactic. One hundred percent. I remember you could, you know, how when you boot up Windows, there'd be that big Windows logo. Yeah. And you could change that. That was a file called logo.sys, and it was just a bitmap. But you could open up an MS Paint. You could do whatever you wanted to it. You could save it, and then you would close it. And the next time the computer booted up, your masterpiece would be displayed right. on the computer while it booted up. And so. You could make that whatever MS Paint garbage you wanted, and you could do that on, like, a high school computer. 
and <laughs> just ruin someone's day. And <laughs> I did a lot of that. Uh, I'm really glad that you joined the force for good yeah. uh, through all of this because I feel like I'm realizing that every internet troll came from that background yeah. and could have used their <laughs> forces for evil right. and become like the worst people on the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. I could have stayed a jerk. And right. now I'm just like, what if a website had jokes on it instead right. of headlines? And like, yeah. that's so much better yeah. um, than opening your friend's CD tray and changing their background to like a picture of a butt or something. Yeah. So. You're like truly making your friend think their computer is broken, right. which is an infuriating experience. That's terrifying. <laughs> and like, yeah, you're talking to them on AIM and they're just like, my CD tray just opened. Yeah. And you're like, weird. Well, this is, why are you telling me? Yeah, did you get a virus from somewhere? That sounds insane. Did it just close? Weird. So that was that was a big chunk of, of early internet was that. Um, uh-huh. And then um, a friend taught me HTML in high school. Like, he literally made a GeoCities account and would, like, handcraft all of his HTML. Wow. And then he'd be like, okay, now refresh the page and view source and, like, see what's different. Wow. And he, like, yeah, his name was Daryl. Great guy. Um, still one of my favorite goofs. And he, yeah, taught me HTML bit by bit to be like, here's, now I made the font a different color. And now I made the background a different color. Keep refreshing and click view source and see what's different. And then... That was like the foundation. And then I was like, well, I'm I'm 14 and I got all this anger in me. And Scott will only take me so far for releasing that anger. So I need to make my own space to do swears on the internet, white text on a black background. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. So I made like a whole, I coded a whole website. And that was uh, where I could, you know, I had a section called like rants. I got oh my rantings. My gosh. I'm real mad about this and that. And yeah. I'm also 14 and the worst. Yeah, so. so it's probably a lot of like parental and school related rants. Yeah, it was like <laughs> you know those you know those uh, babies they give you in health class and they cry in the middle. Remember those? Like I yes. had like a whole section. I think I photoshopped one to be like Godzilla style destroying a city. But that was like you know like MS Paint goofery. That's um, hilarious. But it was like I just needed an outlet for that, and sure. this was like there was no blogging platform. This was pre Live Journal, which is like even. I get yeah. five megabytes with ads to do whatever I want on the internet. Oh my and I made a GeoCities website, and it was just full of of things. That's so pure. I love it. it is, I mean, you, know, you got to remember, this is like the most unwoke version of myself ever. Like, so you're probably ranting about like uh, just just using, uh, using girls terms, won't like me. Right. Ah! There was a whole thing that just like, oh, it's horrible because I'm too nice. Yes, God, of course. Yeah, it's very bad. But like I said, man, those those roads you could they easily, diverged. I could be some red pill ass Reddit guy right. now. Now, I really, um, uh, I think it'd be terrible. It's very bad. And I think what you learn later, like hopefully the lesson you learn is that you're not a nice guy. You just don't have like a spine. Right. You can be friendly, but like you're ultimately like not assertive. Yes. And you lack the self-confidence to be that sort of confident person that's attractive. You can be like, I hold doors open for women. Why won't they give me all the kisses? And then you get angry. What an essential uh, uh, you know, observation to share. Yeah. It's just like, you can be a nice guy and still not know how to date people. Yeah. I knew a lot of them. And yeah. a lot of them, I would be like, why can't we just smooch and stuff? Like, as yeah. a woman, that, that was, you know, usually right. the perspective I was coming from. <laughs> they just don't know how to, like, make plans. And, right. and 
know enough to be like this this is how I can establish myself as like someone who's like, otherwise you're just like I'm so nice why won't I just I deserve this like, right. you, you don't like, right. That's you gotta so work funny. on yourself um, That's so but funny. like that perspective of a 14 year old with no money no car no job and no kisses <laughs> and just being angry on the internet but um, so like that um, a lot of that was writing and then I would go on like at this point I had moved over to instant messenger which is you know that's like make as many screen names as you want and, sure um, and a lot of that was a little less wild west than just chat rooms right because it's it's just chatting AOL was like a whole ecosystem of like that was your web browser and you would have like you wouldn't go to websites you'd go to AOL keywords which were somehow different from I websites. was going, I restrained myself from being like, what are keywords <laughs> when you got up all chat rooms? I was like, why Why were there keywords? Because they wanted to be like, it was probably easier in like a, a phone ever, like AOL keyword uh, movies. And then that would be like where they'd sell you movie tickets or something. And they just wanted an easy way to market their cool, cool internet service provider to people Man. and just be like, type in one word and we got it covered. And right. That was before, you know, having a domain was that easy. And AOL was kind of the only game in town for a long time. Right. So Man. That's what they did. I saved so many of those AOL CDs because I was, thought I was going to, like, make crafts with them and stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what kind of kid I was, Henry. Uh, no, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, that's... A-okay. Um, I, <laughs> I, think, I think that was hard for me because ultimately you had to, like have a credit card number and mm. sign up. And I don't think I could really burden my parents with the ask of being like, can I, can you pay for this? So what right. I would do is we had a second phone line and I found, so there were a lot of like free service providers. There was Net Zero. Mm -hmm. Net Zero uh, was, they just put a big banner over like a quarter of your screen and then you could internet all you wanted. Right. And then there was also Juno. Juno was the other one. Uh, and same thing, big banner on the screen. And I found software that would like crash the banner. It. So you could Hilarious. internet all you wanted. I think for of like course an, you did. Yeah. And so, but I think you could only like have as many as maybe like 10 sessions per email address. And so at one point I just sat down and registered 20 email addresses. Churned through. And then just like when I ran out of hours on that one, went to the next one. And then I had like a seemingly unlimited internet experience just because I had like the software to crash a banner program and get free dial up internet. And what a Hilarious. stupid time. It was so God. If you had... Man, I do think that this is a really good uh, point to make is that you learned so much just <laughs> from trying to like jump through all these hoops. Right. I wanted to talk to my friends. Yeah. 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 And like, it, like you said, just to, you know, <laughs> send something seemingly like pretty cruel to someone who still yeah. had to learn how to like I, <laughs> build this stuff and what an exe did yeah right I, yeah I'm, right, I'm transmitting files to friends just to haze them yeah and yeah. uh yeah it was a lot of that i like i think i did like i was meeting girls over the internet in like 1998 1999 before that was acceptable or safe right and uh it was just like i think it was just i think i've always been like very open and curious about people so i remember um, yeah, I think it was freshman year of high school. I was in some sort of chat room and I started talking to one gal and she's like, oh, well, you should meet my friend. And so she made like a chat room where the three of us could talk. Wow. And then we all chatted. And I remember I thought like I hadn't seen any photos or any evidence of who these people were. But I remember thinking like I like that one more than the other one based Hilarious. on their chats. And then the one I didn't like as much 
like reached out and like me and her hit it off. I was like, I didn't expect this. I thought I was Whoa. more into your friend. And then we talked on the phone all the time. And then like like every day, come home from school, talk on the phone for an hour with this wow. person. Wow. And then I think one day she was having like a bad night. She was having a fight with, I think like one of her best friends. It may have been the friend we were chatting with originally. And they were having like, she was having a bad night. And my mom was like, well, maybe you could bring her like a nice like treat. She lived like, 20 minutes away. But no when, way. When you don't have a car, it may as well be Egypt. My mom was right, like, that's well, a good I, could, point. I could drop you off and I could, we could bring her like a McDonald's milkshake or something. Oh we could do that. Gosh. And so she drove me over to this woman's house. I'd never met her before. And she was just having a bad, I guess she was like having a fit, like the kind of like 14 year old fit right. you have. Oh, of course. And she was throwing plates <gasps> and just like, just having a fit while her parents were gone. Oh, over wow. Over like this friend drama. And so my mom was just like, well, okay, we'll get her like a like a shake and I don't know, two hamburgers and we'll just oh bring them in a little bag God. over there. And so like, she just like got in the driveway and I got out. I'm like, I guess I'm going to meet this girl for the first time. <laughs> And then I then brought her the milkshake and the hamburgers. And I'm like, I heard you're having a bad night. Here's some things. And she was, you know, just red-faced and crying right. and very upset. And I'm just like, here's – I went to McDonald's with my mom earlier, and here's a treat. Oh, my um, gosh. That yeah. is precious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's wild. I mean, how – how did you meet someone in such close proximity in the first place? I don't remember. I think okay. I think AOL had localized chat rooms where you'd okay. be like, what part of town are you in? And they'd be right. like, here's a chat room for your crappy small town. And That's what I had to assume, yeah. which is like, I don't know if that's better or worse than it just being, you know, across yeah. the world. You, right. you see what I'm saying? It would have been, yeah, probably better or safer if it was just a total stranger. Right. That's, as opposed to like someone who could murder you because you both said you live in this town. When you said that she was 20 minutes away, I was like, a what? What are the odds? <laughs> uh, I don't know how that yeah, happened. Yeah, I just, I bet you're right that it was some kind of localized thing. Right. But man, that part of... Wow, so that yeah. was the first time you met someone that you only knew through the internet. Yeah. And, and there, you've done a lot more of that since then. Um, so much more. <laughs> that was like the beginning of like, like oh no. The, that can... experience was your first one is kind of... Uh... <sighs> what a weird one. I'm like, yeah. we like kind of, I, think I only saw her in person maybe like three or four times. Like one time we went on a date and we literally just walked around a mall and held hands oh, for like two hours, just holding hands. Yes. And, oh boy, and just being horrible. And just, I'm sure your parents had to either like take you there and drop you off. Oh, of course. Or they were like in other stores or yeah. something. I don't remember. Yeah, someone's, right. I think we both got dropped off separately and then my mom picked us both up and we hung out at our house for a long time. Of course, in like only the public rooms. Right, yeah, Maybe yeah. we shared a chair, like a chair, like a big chair. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I did a lot TV. of that in high school. Goal. Yeah, that's it. Like, our legs are going to touch a little. Yeah. And we're going to watch Doug or whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> golly. Um, year, years later, um, that that woman was, uh, my mom was taking class at a community college. And, um, you know, you're doing that thing where they hand out papers and you have to, like, turn around to the person behind you to, to pass it back. And sure. the woman behind her was like, Mrs. Birdseye, my mom. Everyone knows my mom. Like she's she's delightful. Um, she makes cookies. Like everyone in our hometown knows her. So my mom's like not phased that someone remembers her. Uh -huh. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, you don't remember me, do you? And my mom's like, I'm sorry. Refresh my memory. And she yeah. goes, it's me. It's Ashley. I dated your son in high school. And this was like 
gosh, I don't know, at least 10 years later. Wow. Yeah. That is so funny. Oh, boy. What's your, what's your hometown? Uh, Walled Lake, Michigan. Okay. Uh, it's near... Novi, Michigan. I say Novi because Novi has a mall, mm. um, and that's usually a better point of reference for people who have any idea who are what familiar Michigan's with the like. area. Yeah, but it's like metro, like you know, all of those cities that are roughly an hour away from Detroit. Gotcha. But like, no one identifies with Detroit. Maybe the Metro Detroit area is the the nomenclature people would prefer. But gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's. I have a, a similar situation for where I'm from in South Carolina. It's like I'm from Lancaster. Uh, maybe you know Rock Hill. It's all Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Different levels of specificity you'll go into. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's right. I'm doing the same thing, but with Michigan. Uh It's funny how we all kind of arrive at the same system of like, I don't know how much I should tell you. Right. Yeah. I think I was just curious because it sounds, that's all sounds so Midwestern to me. And I don't know if it's just that I'm... I don't know. I'm just like, but you met someone right down the street. What? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I think it was AOL thinking that you only wanted to connect with people online that you lived very close to. Right. And so that meant you just talked to people who lived within an hour. Like I remember somehow talking to someone who went to like a rival high school, and I knew people who I think knew her in real life, but I never. Also, here's the thing. I I think at that point developed an encyclopedia. Like I developed the sort of like brain database of like I remember everyone's like screen name mm. and real name if I ever right. got it and like a couple of facts to be like oh this is what made them special or like these are like the, the bullet points I remember and so there are people I haven't thought about or talked to since the it's been 18 years and I'm still like I remember that person I remember their screen name we never met but they're still taking up brain space wow yeah so that's a really stupid way to have a brain of just like here's all these things I I have no business remembering. It's just so um, funny that ugh. I mean the just a few years before you that was just a compendium of phone numbers. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh so what do you feel like was kind of the next step in that journey from like geosites and <laughs> local aim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so it, it it kind of branched out from there where I had the GeoCities website and uh, I started posting AIM conversations I would have with people. I had a screen name without numbers in it. Because um, as you may recall, I think you talked about this in the Neopets episode. But like on Neopets, you needed to put a bunch of numbers after your stuff because they were all taken. AIM reached that point as well. So I I had these – when I was 14, I made the screen name – I am so embarrassed. I made the screen name Jackass Kid. <gasps> Jackass Kid! Because I was a kid and also a jackass. Jackass the TV show was not a thing. This was not a reference. This was just the idea of being a jackass and being like, I'm a shitty kid. Wow. And so – um, people make the like people have the screen name like Jackass Kid four two nine, but then I think people would like verbally tell their friends like oh I'm Jackass Kid four two nine, and then they would just message me Jackass Kid oh, thinking I was their friend, right, right. and so I'd get these total randos reaching out to me, and then I would just pretend to be their friend for as long as I could. Of course, and so I would start posting those on my GeoCities website. Oh, I'm that's just like, hilarious. Here's who I messed with. And I'd usually like edit their screen name in such a way where no one could actually find them you. and harass them. Yeah, yeah I was doing yeah, my best. That's... I was I was still being a jerk, but I was like, I'm the only jerk who gets to mess with these people. Right. You and don't you... get their real screen that's name. So funny. That's very prescient though, I think. Especially I think so, yeah. for the nature of the internet now. Right. We're just like, I'm gonna out someone. You're gonna get doxxed. Yeah, and like I'm a pretty, I think, uh, reasonable interneter but even 
when I find someone on Twitter who's been like taken down by a comedian I like or whatever the <laughs> fucking thing is that right. the internet is, yeah. I'll still find myself like clicking through, seeing what their profile looks like. Yeah. Just you know what I mean? Yeah. What's their deal? Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, yeah, it's this piece of shit, and that's. It's, I'm going to read everything they've ever written. It's a fucking click away. Yeah, you know, the curiosity is impossible to not like yeah. follow the stream. And I feel like <laughs> the fact that you kind of recognized that at the mm-hmm. time. I was like, leave him alone. Yeah. No, I've already done enough damage. That's so, I feel like that's such a good line <laughs> to have been on. <laughs> that was like the only nice thing I was doing. I was right. like, I want to like publicly make fun of you, right. but also shield you from everyone else doing Hilarious. that to you. Um, so I did that and that, um, I think like a friend I went to high school with recommended my website to a friend who went to a high school like a couple towns over. And then like one of those people reached out and he was because I had my own screen name there visible you could see jackass kid available for all to read and right. he he reached out and he was like um we just became internet buddies we talked all the time uh we were both in high school we talked online on a like daily basis for like two or three years and like you know he had plans of like starting a band and he was doing all these like he had all these creative plans I'm like this seems like a nice guy um his screen name was Borador which I think is the Spanish word for eraser Oh my gosh. Um, and I was just like, this guy seems pretty cool. And then senior year of high school, uh, he's like, hey, I um, I got into the University of Michigan. And I was like, uh, I did too? Should, should we hang out? Oh my gosh. And, and we did. Um, only the thing was the first time we ever hung out um, – I didn't know his first name. Oh. Because I because when you talk to someone online, you don't always have to say their if name. It doesn't, yeah. You don't have to be like, hello, Jeff. You right. can just be like, hey, what's, what's up? up? Man? Yeah, you just have bad team conversations. Right. Man, math sure is dumb. Right. Or whatever. You don't have to put names into that. And- oh, I've seen this episode of Doug before. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Quail Man, what's his deal? So, um, underwear on the outside that's crazy. Oh, pork chop. So good thinking, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, yeah. So we, we first time we hung out, he brought two friends over to my dorm room, and we just like chatted, and it was like pleasant. Uh, it was like him and two other dudes. And then the second time we hung out, he, gave, he told me where his dorm was, and he lived on another campus than me. So I, like, took a bus to go to his campus, and then I got to his dorm room door. And you know how, like, the names are written on your dorm room door? There were two names on his door. There was, there was Matt and Bora. And I was like, oh, he's Bora. This is how I figured out his name is Bora. Like, I'm sure he told me at some point, but you talk to someone every day for three years without right. using their first name. You just forget. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, Bora. And like that was the first time I was like, I'm, I know his name now. This is the embarrassing thing I'm going to make up for immediately. And like he's still someone I talk to like to this day. But that was like circa 2002. So like that and like I had talked to some of his friends online. And, without... and I'm sure you never would have guessed that it was actually associated with his screen name. Right. I was just like that is – that's something. I don't know what that – I think I like I saw the name Borador and I was like I was getting into the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm like is that a reference to Ava Adore? That's a song of the Smashing Pumpkins, isn't it? Right. So um, I just thought it was a reference to something. So I didn't. I, I took French, not Spanish, so I didn't realize that Borador was a Spanish pun on his own name. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I'm just like, this guy's nice, and he does good jokes online, and he seems like a nice guy. And then I'm in person, I'm like, yes, he 100% is. And then like, we each knew people from our own high school who went to this, who went to that college with us, and so right. 
we introduced each of our friend groups to each other and they like merged into I love that one larger friend group. Yeah. And then like people just assume that he and I met at orientation. Hilarious. We had to be like, no, no, no. We've known it each other a Geocities for years website. mostly. <laughs> yeah. We we talked every day over instant messenger. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. It was yeah, it, it was cool, but also like, man, what if he sucked? I'd right. be murdered right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What the <laughs> I do think there is something to be said though that if you're really trying to interact in a way that like is entertaining mm. for you yeah. and uh you feel like you're coming back to this conversation because you get something out of it. It's like what are the ads of the guy would be a total, you know, nightmare at that point. Right, right, right. And so it's like, yeah, of course you met in the weirdest way possible <laughs> sure <laughs> but if either or both of you were actually going like you know this guy's like pretty cool i'm yeah. just gonna like be honest with him and interact like a human would right and odds are when you met in person you would find solid footing you yeah know? but i had no prior experience of course to not inform that you're just right. like i i guess he's cool like he was making like uh, weird photoshops and things, and we'd send those back and forth. And it was like jokes and creative projects. And I was like, this this guy seems pretty cool. But again, you don't you don't know. Yeah. The you know film and, and TV were just like everyone on the internet's a fifty year old pervert. Yeah. They're gonna get you. <laughs> right. And then you meet a guy, you're like, that's a cool guy. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna be friends with that guy. So me and that guy have like a ton in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And like you're just like, is this okay? Is 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 friendship over the internet like okay? <laughs> Right. Uh, and yeah, so that was that was a big that was a big thing. Uh, I, I met that, a lot of his friends in person that like I had been talking to like less common on Instant Messenger, but like I met him, I met them in person. I was like, oh, you're this person I've also been talking to for two years. Man, yeah, uh, like those two friend groups like merged, and people like from my high school dated people in his high school, and it was just weird to watch those two groups like coalesce into one. That's amazing social thing. Yeah, and it was because of GeoCities website <laughs> and AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I have to imagine that having foundational experiences like that led you to try to continue to like be okay with finding and meeting people <laughs> on the internet. I think so. Yeah. I mean, like one hundred percent. Because yeah, so I did that. I started writing very long uh, uh, AOL instant messenger away messages. Mm. Like that was my, like I would fill that space. I think you got a, I got like, you got like a, a thousand forty eight characters or something like that. And I wow. would fill that mofo every day. Like it was a blog because asking someone to go to a website seemed like too much. But if I could right. fill that and everyone in college was away from the computer, it was just, yeah. is that, was that your experience too? Yes. Uh, I would say again, that I would take that a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. especially cause I went to a residential high school for a couple of years. And I would say that was my experience there mm -hmm. was that we all used aim. We all like kept in touch with our old friends via aim. Mm -hmm. If we were at our computers, which yeah. were all in our rooms right. and never anywhere else, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. So I definitely relate to that. Okay. I use a lot of lyrics from songs <laughs> as aim away messages. Yeah. A lot of Jason Mraz. Ooh, okay. Uh, so a big Jason Mraz head. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Mraz heads as they're known, of course. As, yeah. as everyone in the community knows them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had like two friends from my old high school that I still kept in pretty decent touch with and one of them was in college. So mm -hmm. I was like, 
the, you know, his little bit younger friend that he was kind of trying to like break news to from college. <laughs> that makes sense. Like I drank at a party. Yeah. What? They just give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get a cup and you just yeah. drink out of it. Yeah. And I, that was the way that I found out a lot about college and like mm-hmm. what my college experience might be like was just like aim chatting with one of my best friends from my first high school who I only ever really talked to over AIM. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we were friends and went to the same school. We hardly ever talked on the phone. We would almost always just come home and go immediately to AIM. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure you could relate to that. Oh, yeah. So uh, high school was a lot like that, and then college was like that, only it was your dorm room instead of, like, you know, like your, your family computer sure. or whatever. So... Um, yeah, everyone was away and I was like, song lyrics are cool, but what if I just stream of consciousness wrote a bunch of weird jokes and then went away to class every day? Yeah. And like, I think people who liked the old GeoCities website, which I updated a little bit, but less common in college. Sure. Would like be like, check out this guy's away messages. It was like a personal Twitter thing where I'm just like, I need to put joke. Like I just, I I cannot, I would never reuse an away message. It was always like a, a new thing. I had, yeah, it was, it was. Odd. I wouldn't allow myself to just do the same thing twice. Like compulsively, would just be like, I want to be late for class because I didn't write enough words in my away message every day. Oh um, my God. So I started backing those up to a, a, a blogger website. I think I, yeah, which again, still, still very much like unwoke a lot of the time. Just like, oh, this dumb idiot me <sighs> yeah. is being stupid. Yeah. Uh, some of it is like, okay, I can see someone like the beginnings of someone doing jokes better, but it's still like, what a dumb. Yeah, to start somewhere. Perspective. Yeah. Um, so I did that, and then people started like uh, uh, sharing my screen name with their friends, just to be like, check out this guy's away messages. And then, um, and then event like eventually, some people would reach out and be like, hey, I've been reading your away because you, you you didn't have a sense of like web traffic. You just knew people might be sure. reading your away message, but you had no like analytics on it. And right. Then occasionally, people would reach out and be like, hey, like your like your uh, your website or your. Uh, away messages and I think like and because I was I was in college and I was just like I need to like record these I'm right. just going to be a raging narcissist and save these conversations I think probably like I don't know it was something like 150 people eventually reached out to wow. be like hey I've been reading your stuff and I like it I'm like that's great because so funny oh boy still not kissing anyone so it would be great for any sort of validation <laughs> right. at this point right um, but yeah that was it was just like I, I needed a space to kind of just put Put my jokes somewhere, and yeah. and people were receptive to it. So, I remember going on a road trip with with family, and I was like, "There's got to be jokes in this road trip." Like, I'm on this thing. We're going to a bunch of national monuments. There's got to be a way to like turn this into like a funny journal or something. And I had like a uh, like a little like this was like pre field notes existing, but it was like basically a little like spiral notebook where I'd like write down like here's where I am and here's what I think a joke would be. Wouldn't it be funny if I had? But I realized like later, I just needed Snapchat. Like all I was that gonna was, say, this is totally just pre social media platforms that we have now. Right, and th- there wasn't a way to just throw things on the internet quickly back then. And I very much like by the time I had written down those notes and gotten back home. To kind of take someone on that journey with me, it would have taken so much effort. It would have become so precious. I just never got around to doing any of it. In retrospect, I'm just like, oh, what I needed was like the stories feature in Snapchat or Instagram right. or or even even Twitter. Just the idea to yeah. just be like, here's a photo, here's a joke. End of like, I've gotten this right. out of me. I can move on with my day. Yeah. Well, that wasn't there, and that 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 need was there, and I just had like this notebook full of like 
unfinished ideas I would never do anything with because it was so hard to share that with anyone. And I'm sure you had no concept of like, well, in like five years, we'll all be able to do this on our phones. I had no idea. (laughs) I I didn't even I didn't even have a cell phone at that point. So there was nothing like that. Uh, I joined Twitter back like early, pretty, pretty early, pretty Mm -hmm. early. I think I I was interning at um, Encyclopedia Britannica as. uh, Yeah. I was there. I was I was the user experience intern there, and which meant I was mostly just like filing like interface bug reports. I'm like, this could be a little bit more intuitive if we did this or whatever. But it mostly meant like, I I'm just here, and I have all this time, and I have my own computer at a cubicle. I was sharing a cubicle with someone else, which was just like, what am I gonna do? Yeah, I'm so sad, and I need a way to kill time. So I joined Twitter. And uh, this was back when people were just like, what's Twitter for? Is that just where you talk about your sandwiches? Mm-hmm. And very, very like casually dismissive of this thing. No one cared yeah. to understand. Why better. do I have to know what everyone's doing all day? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is like, all right, calm down. Everyone <laughs> sounds a thousand years old and mean. Uh, and and uh, I think I... I found I somehow I think I like was looking for celebrities or anyone I knew from from TV. I think I found John Hodgman. Oh, cool! Yeah, and uh, he mentioned that he was listening to a podcast called "You Look Nice Today," uh, which was Adam Lissagor and Merlin Mann and Scott Simpson doing like a very much like a three people doing bits about like ideas for products, and it was very. Very silly and absurdist and pleasant. And then I found them online, and they were using a website called Favored. This was back when Twitter had favorites, and they spelled favorites with a U, Mm. which meant, like, who knows where that came from. Yeah. Um, They didn't make that in a place where they'd put the U. Right. Yeah. I'm like, where where (laughs) is this website from? They're not special. I don't understand why they're doing this. Hilarious. Um, But you had favorites, and um, Twitter was doing nothing with them. You didn't get notifications. They wouldn't tell you when anyone liked anything. You just had this thing where you could weirdly bookmark tweets. Um, and then, uh, a guy named Dean Allen who went by at, uh, textism who like weirdly just passed away. He wasn't an old dude, (gasps) but like the whole, everyone like came out and posted these very sweet eulogies about how he built this very like thoughtful thing. And he was like a very like particular, unique, like just, just like a beautiful odd man. And everyone posts these very loving, loving things, but he made a thing called favored and basically you opted in. And when you opted in, he made a bot that would comb through your favorites and then aggregate them on this website uh, that was basically like a high score list of the tweets of that day that people uh, liked the most. And so suddenly you had this very like gamified version of Twitter where you go to a website and I think if you got three faves, you got like put on the list for the day and then they liked them every single day. And it was a community of, I would say, less than 100 people. It was very small and I joined it very early, and and you, I kind of got this sense of like these these are the people. This is a small, somewhat cohesive group of people who are all kind of following one another and posting tweets, and they're jokey, and we're using Twitter for jokes. So it's a lot of like one-liners and trying to make the mundane updates about your day funny, and um, and that turned into like that was like funny Twitter. There, this is like a pre-Oprah Twitter. There were no celebrities on Twitter. <laughs> I think right. like Rain Wilson from The Office yes. joined early. Rain was definitely someone I followed super early on Twitter, so that's a good pull. Yeah, right. It was like him, um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> was there. Um, 
Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm describing a weird party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of all the people. But like, um, so that group of people was like the go-to source for funny Twitter. Huh. And it was like very early Twitter. And, um, you know, if you got the top tweet for the day, it was a big deal. And if, if like some of the people you idolized followed you back, that was like enough to make your week. Oh, was, like, of course. Yeah. The best. Because no, this I was guy's no jokes one. are so funny. Right. They can't think my jokes are funny. Yeah, there's yeah. no way. I'm just, a, I'm just a grad student learning a thing. I don't know if it'll pay off. Yeah, I, I'm, hilarious. I'm sharing a cubicle what could possibly be good in my life and then and little did you know i get a follow back from someone whose jokes i like right and it's like the best thing in the world that's um, so funny but like so that community of people got sourced for uh my friend nick put together a book called uh twitter wit and he basically let people opt in and then if they did then he like put their tweets into a book and it was just like twitter can be funny here's a book Hilarious. and this was like i don't know this is like 2008 2009 have you always been i wanted to ask this earlier yeah uh, have you always been Tay Awesome on Twitter? Uh, I think I think that came from AOL Instant Messenger. Okay. Um, yeah, I've always been that on Twitter, which is like I really need to change that because people aren't using their weird bad handles as much. No, I feel just like, like your name. I'm just... one of the only people who still uses a like non-name handle What's as your well. Handle? It's the Token Ginger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. which is also oh, yeah. a remnant of like college. Like yeah. I got that's what I became on like the improv team in college, <laughs> and. I question almost every day whether yeah. I should like. Right. But then I'm like, this doesn't matter. You're spending too much thought energy right. on this. <laughs> do I want to update this in 30 places? Right. And, and like, like no. confuse people I for. Wanna, I'm going to break links a, to a websites. few weeks. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, yeah. So yeah. I'm stuck with this name that I hate. I hate saying it out loud. I hate. I hate the ironic misspelling of the, right. which is like it is very such, 2004. It's of a time. That yeah. that was part of the reason why I asked, because I was just like curious when that, that came along. I think I wanted to, so I would make like, I would basically like shit post bad aim screen names, talk to my friends on them three times, just to be like, look at this weird name I made, <laughs> then and then never, never use it again. again. And I wanted to make I am the awesome. Just, oh. to, just to, actually, it was a joke I was going to do for Bora. I was like, Bora... Look at this dumb screen name I made, but the awesome was taken. So I went with I am ta- awesome. And I was like, it's funny because I spelled it wrong, right? And like, he's like, yeah, that's great. And that was very funny at the wow. time. And then I just like adopted that. Yeah. And so in like, so 2000- the, when you were leaving up all those away messages and shit, mm-hmm. that was all from Jackass Kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think I had, I mean, like, AIM shut down the, sometime in the last year. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were bummed about that. And then I posted that to Facebook and people that I have since added on Facebook from the AIM days we're no just like way. I remember Jackass Kid Woo, no yeah. way <laughs> right, it was I like, never see you again right it was so strange to be like I remember that guy like you know was talking jokes with him in high school and now he's yeah. like got a career and a family oh, and knowing all these like these these little these young baby versions of people who have since grown up into like full people with with careers and families and just grown so much it's right. so odd to be like I know this one version of you yeah and I remember your like your weird teen handle. Right. Just, I think that was why I had to ask was it was just like this we're having this like very, you know, nice discussion and there's so many things that are really blowing me away. But I have to remember that like <laughs> you were writing away messages from signed Jackass Kid. Right. Hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> Books are weird. Isn't it weird how Costco has pants and food? Man. <laughs> What a what a crazy store! <laughs> Going to class now. <laughs> um, uh, I love that. Oh, okay, boy, it was very dumb. So, so you you were in the Twitter book yeah, as was, the awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then there was an unregistered like someone. 
then I think someone pointed out that there was like another Twitter book called um, Tweet Nothings, and it was a small book. It was like, um, oh boy, it was it was very small. It was literally like you know three inches by three inches, like a little tiny cute book you'd see in like the gift section of a bookstore and someone was like anthropology or some bullshit yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think like I I found a physical copy in uh, a Barnes and Noble the Barnes and Noble in the Viagra Triangle of Chicago like I found that there and I'm like um, I knew so someone's like I think someone just ripped off our tweets and put them in this book and I was like oh that's weird and I remember I went to Amazon and you know how they'd give you like the first page the last page and the middle page Mm -hmm. like back when that's all they gave you Mm -hmm. and my tweet was in the middle page (gasps) of that book and so I'm like, we're in this book. And then I think I went to Barnes and Noble and found the physical copy. And I was like, it's all of like, hey gang, it's all of us. We're all in this book. They just wow. ripped off our stuff. And like then there, there was, were different ones from the first book. There's yeah, just yeah, yeah. other stuff. Somebody I think, else who probably found the favored site. Yeah. I think the the tweet of mine they stole, which man, sometimes jokes don't age well. I do like the ephemeral nature of of <laughs> Snapchat and Instagram stories now. Uh the joke was like, um uh having a beard is like maintaining a dog that you wear on your face. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's like it's fine. That's it's fine. fun. That's yeah, yeah. to put in a book, but like that yeah, was there. Fun. Um, but it was like all that stuff in this book. And then, uh, people from the community started emailing this publisher, like, what are you doing? Why did you do this? And the person who put it together was like, well, our legal team said that it's the internet and it's public. So we don't have to do this. And so everyone like (sighs) review bombed it on Amazon and then they sent everyone they could, uh, a letter of apology. They sent me 10 copies of that small dumb book, which I still have in a freezer bag on my bookcase. (laughs) Just 10 oh copies of this God. dumb book. And, that's and, so stupid, though. Like, we stole your joke. Do you want a bunch of copies of the book that you won't get any money right, right, from? Right. They're just like, well, we can't pay you, but oh, we can. That's very frustrating. Yeah, it was very dumb. Um, but, like, that was a weird time when, like, joke Twitter was so small. Like, so going back to Rain Wilson, someone found a conference, a video of a conference in Germany in which a woman was on stage reading Twitter jokes into a microphone with like the tweet projected behind her. Right. And um, she like, and because joke Twitter was so small, there, there's a moment that I remember, I remember I found a moment where she was reading one of my tweets on this stage to a, a live conference of people, presumably in Germany. And she read a joke from Rain Wilson and then she read <gasps> a joke from me. No way. It was just odd to see her. Yeah. Do, and it was just like, this is this is how people are handling this. The, the, wow. the humor potential of Twitter is so small and people haven't figured it out yet. So like our our dumb little joke community is like, this is where it's going to come from. That's wild. Yeah. So I, 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 somewhere that video is out there. I wish I could find it. But it was so surreal uh, to watch a woman on stage read a joke that didn't even make sense for the for the conference of people. Um, like I think back then you really wanted faves on your tweets. Like that was the whole idea is they would, now it's a heart, but before you used to click a star. And I think my joke was, um, the subliminal messages, even parentheses, click the star work. (laughs) (laughs) But like, unless you know how Twitter works and and that you want that. That's a very Twitter joke. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And to watch someone read that on stage, I'm just like, don't do that. You could have chosen anything better. Is really bizarre. That's a super good point. Yeah. That only, you can't. There's context. Jokes are context. Right. And boy, so that was, um, that was Twitter. That was like early Twitter. And like I've met, so we used to do, um, this is the worst word in the world. We'd have tweet ups. Oh. And so, um, I think I went to one hosted by the Chicago Tribune 
in the Clark Street Ale House in River North, and I met a couple people, but I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about these people, and, um, 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 and that was okay. And then like our Twitter group was like, we're gonna have a Chicago tweet up, and I went, and like it happened every year, and I probably met like two hundred people from wow. this group that slowly expanded, and. Uh, it was like, and everyone was like very sweet and warm and inviting, and it was very inclusive. And so, just every year, funny yeah. Chicago Twitter would hang out. Yeah, man. Yeah, we had the second floor of a bar called Mullins. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was Mullins. Yeah. I don't. I think I'm, I think it was. It may have been torn down as they're doing that like Wrigleyville Mall thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. rest in peace, Mullins. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Right. The dude who made Favored doesn't. He's not around anymore. Mullins doesn't exist anymore. All these physical. <laughs> Like manifestations of this community are like fading away too, which is just like it's it's odd how a virtual thing could lose any physical remnants over time. But yeah, uh, we go to Mullins and we 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 fill that second floor and uh, yeah, it was just meeting all these and everyone was like very sweet and kind and it was inviting and it was like you know you meet someone and you give them a big hug and you're like I know nothing about what you look like or or what you do in real life, but I I remember like three of your jokes I really like. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Hilarious. So what, like, this was circa... Oh, boy. Uh, Probably, like, 2008 to 2012, maybe? Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, like, 2010-ish, so that... I I slammed right in the middle. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Were you doing other comedy stuff? Uh, It was always internet comedy. I was never a theater kid. I um I just wanted to like make my stuff and throw it on the internet and then just like be left Walk alone. Away. Or, just, yeah. like, or just like receive praise from yeah. people, but I didn't want to like I was just curious because that's like for I mean Mullins because it was right next to IO was oh, like yeah, yeah. the spot for improvisers for a long time. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, that's why I was like, you have there has to have been some crossover here. No, I think like uh, some of the people who were visiting in town for the tweet up would go to like an IO show sure. before we all went to the tweet up or something. That but, like, makes sense. No, and now those are the people that like you know if I'm ever like in their city like I went to. Um, Australia in 2014 as part of a work trip and like, I met up with people I'd been friends with over Twitter for years and like it was just like meeting an old friend that's and awesome just like the most like kind inviting people inviting you to like their neighborhood pub right and you're just drinking outside over beers and chatting and it's yeah it was it was incredible that's amazing so yeah what do you think has uh, so uh, now that Twitter has become a completely different beast <laughs> than that <laughs> was uh, where do you find yourself uh, putting comedy nowadays oh boy that's a good I mean you still do some Twitter things um, yeah I, I, I will tweet occasionally if I do like a goof but it's usually almost always a goof I've made for like a friend it's gotten very personal like I want to that's make funny. this one person laugh yeah. in an iMessage thread and if I'm like, if this seems like it would be suitable for a greater audience, I may post it there too. But um, yeah, so it moved to that. Um, these days, I think so. Uh, bu- 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 oh, so I got into like Facebook groups for a while, like joining Facebook, like like right. weird, ironic <laughs> shit posting groups. I was in one called Ideas for a while, and people would just post ideas, and they'd be jokes. Like, um, oh god, I, I can't remember any of the old good ones. But this was a group that when I joined it had like two thousand people, and then within a couple months it blew, blew up to like twenty or thirty thousand people. Wow. Um, people would just like shit post jokes. Like I, I've got a really half baked idea. I'm gonna post it, and then. Um, what would you define shit posting as? Um, aggressively bad. Not, or not, not not bad, but mostly just like not caring 
um, usually at a high volume, at an, like a deliberately low quality. Uh, like if it's photoshopped, it's ugly. Or if it's a joke, there's like very little grammar or punctuation. Um, it's it's something like I think when you see a shit post, your understanding is someone made this without at least they want to give off the idea that they do not care. Yeah. Um, and it's often it's often a quantity over quality situation. Right. Which is freeing. I think I think as a creative person, it is nice to know that if you can find a space where people are shit posting, then you can just be like. I've got an idea. Who cares? I'm going to throw it out there, and I don't have to worry about this being polished or even good. Um, yeah. How would you define shit posting? I don't know that I had ever thought about that being what was referenced. I think I had always associated it more with. Uh, I think it sounds like shit talking, and oh, to sure, me, sure, sure. shit talking is like uh, purposefully kind of uh, go digging at someone Mm -hmm. and so i think i thought of it as more uh, malicious oh sure but i know exactly what you're talking about like to hear you describe it i'm like oh my god this makes so much more sense now yeah because i think i always associated it with like like i said just like shit talking and was always like why is that such a thing that people are drawn to but hearing you describe it makes perfect sense yeah. especially because i'm friends with you mm-hmm. and people like chris geiger oh, and <laughs> the legend i'm sure plenty of other people that you share these specifically some of these facebook spaces with yeah. i am uh familiar with the types of posts and jokes yeah. and yeah it is an interesting <laughs> very it's a very specific and purposeful bad quality thing right and yeah there can be a level of trolling to it as well like oh for sure um yeah you you could be like yeah you could be not letting on how how dumb your post is when you do it like one of my favorite posts and ideas was ideas could literally be anything um it could be uh, a sincere idea about how to make something better it could just be an idea i think i was looking at ideas now because it still exists and it's i haven't checked it in ages but in that facebook group someone was like nascar but with all senior citizen drivers like (laughs) Uh, that is a shit post. I believe there were like no capital letters in that post, but just like that sort of thing. And someone, one of my favorite posts and ideas was um, a woman had posted uh, Zelda, but one where Zelda's a girl this time. And all there were so many yes. comments from dudes that were like, yes. Zelda is a girl, you idiot. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, Zelda, why well, was Zelda to be a girl? Like, that's what's different. Because, like, why would you play as the first, pro- yeah, Ariel right. Dumas? And just, just deadpanning all these comments. They're like, I don't know if you know what you're talking about, but, like, Zelda needs to be a girl this time. Ariel Dumas drove that so hard into the ground on Twitter that there was a Twitter <laughs> moment <laughs> that was like, Zelda is a boy. <laughs> and everyone was so fucking pissed. You have to look it up. It's so good. Oh She's God. a uh, Colbert writer. Oh, that's so good. Uh, and, and I don't know what inspired her to do this, yeah. but she played the, I mean, she's a comedian. She's mm. a comedic writer. So she was able to just like continue to not let the bit go. Oh, it's so good. And just confused the fuck out of so many people. Yeah. I, I, I mean, as you're describing some of the Facebook uh, ideas group posts, I was like, yeah, it's one of those things where if you don't know what you're looking at, it can be incredibly confusing. Right. You don't know the level of awareness that people have. Like, right. One of my favorite things was um, people go to ideas and they would think they're posting an original idea. Like they join and they say, I've got an idea. It's like a microwave, but it makes things cold really fast, like a reverse <laughs> microwave. And like 
newcomers would post this without knowing it was a thing until eventually everyone's like, stop fucking posting about reverse microwaves. Stop it. Stop it. And so that became... That became like a joke. It was microwaves. Uh, Another one, there were for a long time, there were like sad dad jokes were a big thing. Mm. Like, I've got an idea. A dad who doesn't leave. Right. And just like the saddest dad jokes. Right. Uh, a, da- a, a, a dad, but they're proud of you. Just yeah. like that. And so it was like dad jokes and reverse microwaves. And then they'd spin off. And there there was, I'm, I'm not going to do this justice. There are more qualified people to describe this. But the idea, ideas spun off into the ideas verse. Where there oh were there were well over eighty ideas adjacent groups. There was one called like dreams, where people would like sincerely post their dreams. There was one called threats, where people would just make threats, not to a particular person, but just the same way you'd share an idea, you would just share a threat. Right. Um, there was one called butts, and it was private, and people would like legit post their butts. Um, there was there was one there was one called microwaves, and people would just post photos of microwaves and be like, "What do you think of this microwave?" And be like, "That's a good microwave." <laughs> I hope there was one called liquid nitrogen, except reverse microwave, because that's basically <laughs> It's like the whole time you we were talking, I was like, wait, this was a common thing people said. Mm-hmm. They Like they didn't realize that liquid nitrogen ag- existed. Well, they wanted like a box. They wanted a box that did it, so it would make it cold real quick. They just want a fast freezer. Yeah. Because like, they that's don't right. understand science. Yeah. Uh, I, I was checking the ideas group on the way here, and someone posted that, that thing that like cools your drink quickly. Right. And someone's like, how about this reverse microwave? And like everyone like liked that post a lot, because it was finally right one more group uh there's a group called what time is it and people <laughs> would be like 5 55 p.m and then people would comment and be like lovely post great post i love it and then they would timestamp their comment manually too and be like 5 57 p.m <laughs> and it was just people posting the time god damn yeah. it yeah that's so uh, funny but i met some of those people in person and they were lovely and the were ideas creative. people yeah we went to like a weird house party in avondale it was a Whoa. bunch of people eating hamburgers without buns with their hands in a backyard. And then it got cold, so we all went into the basement of this house that clearly no one had used in a long time. And I remember there was, like, literally a dead mouse on the ground. Oh, God. Like, it, the rest of the place wasn't filthy, but there was, like, a calendar that was, like, seven months off <laughs> in the bathroom. And it was just, like, a lot of people just, like... People who may already know, I, I knew no one. You're I showed up like, to this thing knowing no one. What is this place? Time for good. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a really odd vibe, That's but like so funny there was still and weird. In, there was still very like friendly, warm people that I still talk to this day. But like I went to this house party in the, kind of the middle of nowhere for me. Like I I went from Old Town to. Like the part of Avondale that's like not near a train, which if you don't have like a car, I think it was the early days of Uber. So I was like, mm. I'm going to take a car here. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I have no way to get here. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, that was basically my first neighborhood. So I know that game. Yeah. It was like sold to me as off the brown line, but the brown line was like a 15 minute walk away. <laughs> yeah. You have to walk really far north at that point. Mm-hmm. That's uh, exactly what it was. But like, yeah, I met that group in person and I've met like, I, you know, like they're people I really like and I would spend time with in real life or like see them around. And these Logan would be Square. mostly Chicago and a lot of it was UIC students. So gotcha. I felt really old going right. to this. I think I was in my late twenties and they were in their early twenties. And like that gap seems so vast at it's... that point. 
It seems like one of the biggest. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really does. I don't know. It's just something about, like, finishing school and then not knowing what an adult is. And then, right. like, almost being 30. And you're like, I know now. Mm-hmm. I figured it out. At yeah, least but you're in that partially. limbo. Right. And then you're not in that limbo. And right. that gap seems insurmountable. It totally does. Early 20s. Yeah, I totally um, agree. But yeah, good, 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 good sweeties in a weirdo group. Uh, Love that. Yeah, so now I think I'm still in a lot of Facebook groups, but they're like, Weird niche groups that have been created uh, with with like for like I, I know these people now and mm-hmm. we're all in on the joke and um, and we're yeah so it's like I'm in a group where, where one dude was like I'm gonna put you all in a group and we're gonna be buddies and like those are people that I've since met in person and become friends with but I didn't know a lot of them in person originally um, Chris, <laughs> Chris Geiger's coin militia group. Yeah, is, I've heard of this. <laughs> it's very, it's very good, and I, boy, a lot of shit posting about coins. Yes, it's a lot of shit posting about coins and loving coins and creating drama of just like we hate bills but we love coins. Or for a long time, someone kept posting to the group thinking it was a Fraser shit posting group, and then getting yelled at. Like, man, Hilarious. manufacturing drama in a shit posting group. Like the narrative arcs of Coin Militia were the type of things that I would, I would update friends on and be like, here's what's happening in the Coin Militia group. Oh. Uh, I went to a coin militia like meetup at Logan Arcade and I met a lot of these people in person and uh, everyone was lovely. Like it was just like a nice, like we were all there to shit post in person <sighs> and kind of, yeah. So a lot, a lot of it's like role playing and pretending to be like dumber than you are right. or have a specific perspective on this very specific weird thing. But like ultimately it was a bunch of people meeting up in person because we like a specific joke. And uh, how many people are in that? Oh boy. I think. I, I don't know what the total is as far as like active group members. It's like a few dozen. Yeah. Um. I think someone managed to to uh, add Aziz Ansari somehow. Hilarious. Maybe, you can just add your friends to a group and they're just in the group. Right. So, um, He's in there. Pre controversy, Aziz Ansari was. I'm in pretty there. sure we're Facebook friends as well. Like <laughs> in a pre, you should know everyone that you become Facebook friends with. Yeah. World, I guess. Right. You, you just, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, now it's like specific. Like it, it's still being in these internet groups. But like I kind of know these people now, and it's like more like friends of friends than it was total strangers right um, yeah yeah so it, it's like i guess like the shit posting has gotten more local again it kind of came around to like local shit posting because dog spotting is another really popular one. Oh, it's so good and that's is that mostly chicago as well no i think that's the whole okay. internet that is, that is that is a global phenomenon gotcha um yeah and like all all of the groups that call dogs doggos or boofers or whatever like those are there's a lot of those but dog yeah. spotting is the big one. And we rate dogs on Twitter is so good. Is also just the very best. good. Right. I they, love it. Yeah. Um oh, I love that too. It's the I just love getting to look at adorable pictures of dogs. Yeah. With and usually there's like a decent joke attached. Yeah, like, right. I think what it's all more coming, could I want? It's coming from like one person <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think I found the bio for that person on Twitter recently, and their bio was something like, I run a number of dog-related Twitter accounts you either love or can't fucking stand. Right, right. I, like, yeah. I mean, I think the the biggest thing to come out of We Rate Dogs is uh, that some dude named, like, is it Brand? Brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeted at re- We Rate Dogs and just clearly didn't get the joke. You know, was the guy who didn't understand shit posting <laughs> and was like, I don't understand. If you're going to rate the dogs, why don't you do it with an actual rating system? Like, why isn't it <laughs> one to 10? You always give them 11 out of 10. 
and I don't understand. And the response was just, they're good dogs, Brant. Yeah. And he well, kept- He deliberately got his name off by one letter. Every, his name was Brant, and he called him Brent or something. Yep. Uh, and just kept going with that. Yep. And I think recently, like, the actual Twitter- Twitter accounts like reference that in some way. That so, doesn't surprise me for how pervasive it seems to have become. Comedy in general, this is less of a community thing and more of like uh, the internet comedy taste of the day. But it's like everyone kind of taking refuge in like silly, benign absurdism because like anything too close to reality is going to bum you out because the world's on fire. And I just want a weird, absurdist goof that is completely unrelated from everything else, which means just kind of like pulling jokes out of nowhere that may be particularly low quality or absurdist. And that that's kind of been like where I at least have seen things going. It's no longer like political jokes because I think if we're just right. inundated with those and it's nice to just have a, a series of places where people like are just posting stupid, stupid garbage. And there's, some, there's like safety in that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It seems like we've done a decent job of writing the arc of like the biggest kind of trends mm-hmm. in internet culture and communities, <laughs> you know? Yeah. With your your AOL and your GeoCities and, and your Facebook and stuff like that. Do you feel like there are more fringe things that we haven't touched on that you would kind of feel remiss uh, uh, <laughs> to leave out? Yeah, I think um, so. I've always really enjoyed uh, the video game series uh, Super Smash Brothers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I still play the new one to this day. I think the new one is my favorite. But, cool. Um, yeah, and I think everyone is like, well, I like the old 64 one. It's like, of well, that, that's cute, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the new one has so much potential. Please, please don't get stuck in the past. The new one has so much uh, more exciting things going on. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, I played a lot of Smash Brothers Melee in college. And, um, you know, I played with my roommate, Brian, and we were both pretty good. We were better than most of the people we knew in person. And um, there was a website called Smashboards. It still exists, but... Um, that's where, like, the elites got together and they talked about This is back when – this is pre-YouTube. So if you wanted to watch other people play Smash Brothers, this game was not online. You would have to, like, go – I would go on Kazaa and search for Smash Brothers and find videos people had uploaded. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. The, right. That uh, is mind-blowing to me. It, it was a very silly time. Yeah. So I, remember, I wouldn't have even thought about the fact that like Twitch existed like that before Twitch actually yeah, existed. You wanted that to watch is... other people play because you, you want to know like what do the best players look like, and you couldn't see that without going to like a physical tournament and wow. watching that in in like a hotel conference room or something. So, of course. Um, early on, we so we joined Smashboards, and there was like a big one for like the Midwest and like another subsection for Michigan, and there was this dude who lived in in Warren, Michigan. Uh, which is like a small town outside of Detroit, um, like a, a like a pretty small chill town. It's it's not you know cosmopolitan in any way. It's just like a very much like a little little dumpy city. Uh, no, I'm being mean, but um, <laughs> but this dude's like I'm hosting a Smash Fest. Anyone can come on over smash and join this Smash Fest. Fest. And uh, me and a couple college friends were like, yeah, let's go to the Smash. We Fest. gotta go to Smash. And Fest. So we drove to this stranger's house and we, we get there and we, we find the place and we like park across the street and we walk over there and there's a door on the front. There's like a sign on the front door that says, um, if you're here for the Smash Fest, go around the corner and go in through the basement door. You know, we, in the terrifying way. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're, yeah, we're, we're in a town you'd never go to otherwise. Just go to the basement, the, the, the safe room. Um, and um, we went to the basement and... Um, uh, uh, it was like the basement of his grandma's house and it was like me and my two friends and like 
at least a dozen other people all playing Smash Brothers on like these these uh, CRT televisions, and a lot of these dudes were amazing. They were it, they were like the kids from the Sandlot. Yeah, where they were all just like incredible at this game, but also like very quirky dudes. Like yeah. there was a dude who was the quote unquote best Falco in the Midwest, and I best watched him. Falco. <laughs> I watched him zero to death Jigglypuff on Battlefield with like an unlit cigarette dangling from his lip. And this guy was incredible, but like someone's like, he's on probation for marijuana possession. Like, As though that made him like less of a player. Right. I know. Where everyone's just like, everyone's just like listen, his life may not be going that great, but he's incredible. As a, oh, he's the best Falco in the Midwest. God, best um, Falco in the Midwest. And like they were using texts we hadn't heard about yet. Like it's like Smash Brothers Melee is a very technical game. Like the skill ceiling is very high, and so you have like, you have like you know all your friends may play that game, but they may have no idea. Oh, I always about... mashed, and I that's why I never could understand how the game was fun. Was mm-hmm. because I was like, this is all random. Right. We're all mashing gonna... buttons. <laughs> right, the chaos. We all enjoy the chaos, right? No, we played... but it's like a series of specific yeah, you, button presses you, and yeah. things. You played on levels with with no things hurting you. You played with items off. You you basically right. were removing all the chaos from the game and playing one on one. And so these people were using tech we had never even seen before, and they were all incredible. And they were using characters we'd never considered. And like it was just the the strangest hodgepodge of people from this website. And like I remember, I went there and uh, oh, so the name of my GeoCities website was uh, I, I managed to use a website that gave me a free domain. And <laughs> when you are a teenager and you have your own .com, that's, like, incredible. Yeah. Um, so I was an angsty teen, just very, very much just, like, the angst of a hot topic, like that level of just, like, <laughs> I'm mad about stuff. So I had the... Mall angst. I had, oh, so bad. Um, <laughs> the, the mallest of angst. Um, I had... Uh, so my website was mindlessnothing.com. Mindless nothing. Just like, oh, mindless is like, what man, we're all drones. Oh, and then like nothing Henry. is like nihilism, but like the 15-year-old version. <laughs> so punk. It's very bad. So Scott. Yeah, it was very... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so that was my name on the Smashboards forum. And so I went there and there was like... This big dude wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and he's 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 playing. A, he's using Jigglypuff, who's you know the you know the the pink singing Pokemon, and um, <laughs> he's there at the TV by himself. And there's like an open spot, and I'm like, "Hi, uh, my name's Henry. I'm I'm mindless nothing on the forums, um, but like I'm Henry." Yeah. And, and I introduce myself, and he like looks me and like very seriously says, uh, "I'm Shadow Glare." Ah. And he like never offers anything else. I was like, uh, I was like, well, anyway, I'm Henry, Henry, and I go by this, but I'm Henry, and he's just like, I'm Shadow Glare. Yes. And then I played, I played yeah. a lot of rounds with Shadow Glare, and then I think like the group knew that he was. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know. They, I, I was basically stuck with him. Like you know, when you're at a party right. and you're talking to someone, you're uh, like, "This person's nice," but like, do they are I know it? Conversationally, a dead end. Yes, it, that was that was that dude. Um, Many a times have I gotten myself stuck with Shadow Glare when trying to save a friend from Shadow Glare. Yes, yes, yes. Right. They leave. They find like, oh, I have to. I, I just yeah, remembered I have like to go I, to the bathroom. Right. I come right. up and I'm like, hey, so you know, yeah. Henry. 
nice to meet you. Yeah. Shadow glare was it? Yeah. <laughs> and then you just like leave because you were looking for any opportunity. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. just being stuck at that TV with Shadow Glare. There were like four TVs and I was stuck at the Shadow Glare TV because everyone's like, I don't wanna I don't wanna ask him to leave and I don't wanna play against him. So it was just me and Shadow Glare for like too many games. Oh my god, that's so I remember he got like really upset at me because I think I think I four stocked him, which is the act of defeating someone with all four of your lives left. Four, four, four stocking. You have four stocks, four lives, <laughs> and if you were to beat someone without dying, it was called four stocking. And I remember he just got like really fussy and mad, yeah, uh, and just dealing with like a fussy, angsty teen who won't give you his real name. And I'm just like, I'm stuck here. I can't. I don't want to stop playing the game because none of the other TVs have open spots. But it's just right. me and Shadow Glare. Oh, um, that's so funny. Yeah, I remember like, and then we went back to college, me and my friends, and we had learned all these techs, and we got so much better, and we started like winning local tournaments and stuff. No shit. Yeah, I probably got like, at least a hundred dollars in GameStop gift cards from like placing in tournaments. Amazing. Because I had learned what it looked like to play with the best in, wow. of, of these of these kids in this Sandlot basement. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah in a pre-Twitch world, yeah. where you had to learn all the tricks from. Reading forum shadow posts glare. or oh. watching people, yeah, <laughs> or yeah, or shadow glare. Um, oh, it, was the, it was the weirdest. I feel like there is such a through line of that. Like you got better at Smash Brothers Melee because you met people on the internet who were better at it than you. Mm -hmm. But also, I have to tell you, Henry, I, I meant to mention this uh, via email, but it's probably mm -hmm. better. Uh, to do here. Yeah, sure. I have a lot of family in the Atlanta metro area who are really impressed that you made that Marta bus frame <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> uh, I legit, boy. like, because it was right around Thanksgiving when that mm -hmm. happened. Oh, they, yeah. And if, if you're unfamiliar, they knocked down the Georgia Dome. They, like, set it up with demolition. You know, you've seen similar videos. Yeah. And Marta, which is like perennially maligned, like most mm. uh, cities, um, <laughs> public transportation, the most fucking beautifully hilarious thing happened where the Weather Channel had a camera set up on the demolition of the Georgia Dome and the fucking second that the demolition happened, a Marta bus drove in front of the Weather Channel's camera and blocked it completely and stayed there for like a full minute. I have to assume because the people on the Marta bus were like, holy crap, they're knocking down the Georgia Dome. We gotta watch this. And... There are people from, you can hear the think, oh, the Weather Channel people. Swearing so much. Fuck. Why the fuck is it? <laughs> Who put the bus here? It is, it is just <sighs> an insurmountably funny moment oh, on the internet. So good. And you took that opportunity mm -hmm. to make the funniest <laughs> Facebook frame. I made a Facebook frame. I took that video and I oh I took a screenshot and I put it in Photoshop and I removed everything but the bus and then I made an asset that you could make so that your Facebook profile picture could be blocked by a Marta bus. <laughs> and I remember making that thinking because um, part of I guess like shit posting is I've been basically shit posting a lot of Facebook frames for a long time that just right. say something stupid. Right. Uh, and they don't take long to make. You just make yourself a transparent ping and you upload it to Facebook's tool and you can add some text or whatever and then you just have a dumb Facebook frame that has and, a joke on and it. Just anyone can make one. Anyone can make one. It's free. 
it's stupid. More so, often than not, they I feel like the most popular ones are from like tragedies. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, they're often used to commemorate an awful thing. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's like, oh, I know what I want to change my Facebook picture yeah. to. Don't remember forget, France. Don't forget. Like, oh, it's no. really wild. I stand with a sad thing. Yeah, and it's, it's like really that's wild. very sweet and good. Right. Uh, but also. Damn. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it, uh, it's like you say. Yeah, it certainly comes from a good place, but it really is such an odd thing about internet culture right now. I think. Yeah, is right. It's it's a very passive way to make a statement. Right. And yeah. I was like, well, could I do this for jokes? Like, let's let's explore this space and right. do jokes. And so I remember as I was stitching together the Marta bus thing, I was so convinced that someone else had. Like, it seems so obvious to me. To be right. Like, of course, someone's done this. Like, this is. I'm going to be the third person to do this. And, right. and and I remember like searching and being like, no one, no one's done this. And so I cropped out the bus and, uh, and or like, yeah. And then like made a frame and then like went to bed. And yeah. I think I got notifications the next morning that like 20 people had used it. And, for a lot of the garbage I've made, if 20 people use it in, pretty... in two weeks, that's a victory. <laughs> right, sure. And then the local news picked up on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, like, to date, I think, like, 37,000 people have used it. I mean, it's it's hilarious. It's the perfect silly take on that happening. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Oh, man. It... So, <laughs> so funny. And it was just like, yeah, it was just like... Uh, I was already ashamed by the time I did it. I'm like, this is a hack joke. This no. is like, but I, I think at the at the rate I consume memes and internet culture, I was like, of, obviously this is a yes. dumb, this is a dated concept. It's like by imposter now. syndrome right. of internet use. Yeah, I'm like bit. someone's obviously done this before, clearly. And then but, I went to bed, and like people were just like, this is great. And I was yeah. like, is it though? I feel like yeah. it's already passe, and it wasn't. But you're but. the way. It's like you said, the way that you use the internet, and the way that your brain is looking for jokes in the internet. You were going to be the first, you know, it took me being on a plane and looking at a Sky Mall magazine and going like, oh, God, Adele, Skyfall, (laughs) Sky Mall, someone has to make this. And then the plane (laughs) lands and I Google it and there's like a million versions of Sky Mall. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, God damn it. Uh, We missed it. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. That's yeah. Don't yeah. That's the best like example of that I can think of. Mm-hmm, is right. when I was just like, this is a brilliant song parody joke that hundreds of people have already made. Oh yeah, right. There yeah, there's some joke like that where you can just see everyone's already made the joke independently. Yeah. And it yeah, it's I it, try it's, to search the joke on Twitter before I make the joke. Yeah, and I th- I think there was a time when like nobody did that because Twitter was so small and right. quaint and now Twitter is clearly a place where comedians weigh in and do their jokes, and you're just like, mm. is this hack? Has someone already done this before? Yeah. But, um, I saw someone make the same joke that uh, Tommy uh, made recently, and they had just like a bigger following than they did, mm-hmm. and I like copied him on it. And because it was like hard to, it not very much time had passed between when Tommy made the joke and when mm-hmm. so, the other person did, and I was like, this fucking sucks because yeah. this seems like it was just like a stolen joke, and he was like, this doesn't matter. This doesn't, doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. We're all fine with it. It's totally, uh, the, the internet doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I knew that would be your response, but mm-hmm. I had to 
at least like show you that this thing had happened. Yeah, right. And you still feel like an injustice has happened. Exactly. I remember back when um uh that the you know the Twitter group was very small and that was like the gang doing jokes. We'd find people who had a large following and would just like wholesale copy paste the joke, mm. and then it became a big thing to be like. I think if you make things, you 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 treat. Um, like content and creative works very differently. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, you were talking about this earlier where like if you like a director, you'll look into them and you'll see like what actors do they use and and who does a lot of their writing. Are they doing their own writing? And you do a deep dive because you want to know more about where that came from. But now it's so easy to just like follow a, a jokey Instagram account that just rips off other people's content. Of course. And you don't know where anything comes from anymore. I mean, the fat Jew, yeah. or fat Jewish, fat Jewish yeah. uh, whatever he f- decided to make his name less offensively or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that he became incredibly popular because the people didn't care that he was stealing jokes. Yeah. The people just wanted to read funny jokes. Right. Which I, I get that, but also as someone who makes things, I want to understand who someone is and where the jokes came from. And this person's just an aggregator uh, and, and, that's and like kind not of a plagiarist. That's a really good point. I never thought about it like that because to me I was like, that's not yours. You right. can't use that. But it is probably more interesting to think about it as like, not only is this not yours, it just tells me nothing about you as a joke writer. Right. Yeah, as long as they had a caption of someone else's joke, but it's still like... I saw those in my first reaction to to um, the Fat Jewish's Instagram account, which is like rage. I was just like, I, right. I get like I may enjoy some of these jokes, but the idea that someone is just ripping these off without credit as someone who makes things that would bother me a lot. It's absurd. Yeah, right. It's just like even even like I think like Super Deluxe took one of my Twitter videos and posted it to their account. But they like they gave me credit and I've never been more delighted to be right. posted to someone else's Instagram because they're just like, hey, this guy made this. I think that's all it takes too. And so it's the internet is just like rampant with people uh, taking an idea as their own. And like you said, as like pe- creative people doing yeah. it. That's just such a frustrating place to exist from, even though it's yeah. like, you know, those people sent you a bunch of tweet relief books or whatever <laughs> the hell. Like if, if you put them in a book, that's a step too far and we get mad. But right. if it's just like a, an, an, an account that just rips things off, you're like, I can't do anything about this. Right. This, is just, this is not for profit. They're not making money, but it is like frustrating. Right. Um, but most people don't care. I realize I'm, I'm in the, the, the just a very small minority of people who are like, right. hey, don't do that. Like give them, give them credit or make your own content. But most people don't care. Are there any other places where you've made jokes that you think are the dumbest places to make jokes? Um, boy. Uh. <laughs> I know you've learned these really specific mm. like platforms and stuff that I've never even used sure. to make jokes. Do you yeah. have like a favorite kind of anecdote for an experience like that? Oh boy. I mean like okay, so as as you've seen as I I like to go on Zazzle and basically use Zazzle for shit posting. Right. Um, and, yes. Yeah. And so like that that has become I think a new venue where um I found a Tumblr account called Zazzle Poetry. I think it's like Zazzle hyphen poetry. And it's delightful. It's people posting, like aggressively posting just so many shirts and mugs and ideas that are that are just like neurotic with, with there's typos and there's weird pictures and it's it's like they don't care and it's beautiful and yeah. and I I love it. And I was like, oh, you mean you can putting a joke on a physical thing, especially when it's like a shitty, like who cares joke. 
makes it so much like you have to take it so much more seriously. Yeah, if you right. Put a bad joke on a mug. Yeah. Even if it's like a picture of a mug, it still seems that much more real than it would be if it were like a tweet that no one cared. I about. was going to say that I think some of my favorite things I've seen you post about using Zazzle are when you just take pictures of the models mm-hmm. and put them on what they're <laughs> modeling. <laughs> I think that is. Ah, oh, so specifically hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so dumb, and and that is that's all that's supposed to be a store, right? But when you're like, oh, I can do jokes on this too. Yeah. Like, um, I really enjoyed discovering that when you are looking at fleece blankets on Zazzle, you can you can make like if it's like two women holding up a blanket, you can make a you can make the blanket say things like. Um, I love to hold a blanket with my friend. <laughs> and then you have this stock, like this image where they've superimposed your text. And like you can do that. And it's so good. And yeah, you put the models on there too. So you have two smiling people. Um, and you can do that. And, and so, yeah, I think just using a store as a place for jokes, I've enjoyed so much. And then I've also realized, like, I also like to own these mugs. Like, right. Mugs. And now I have one. Yeah, you do have mugs. Because you like, delightfully like, brought me a gift. It's like, please, I wrote a bunch of weird horse questions on a mug. And The um, questions include, where are they going? <laughs> where they go? That horse is running. Where's it going? Uh, big muscular dogs. Are they? That's a question. Who knows? Are they? I, I don't know what they are. <laughs> so that's um, I love it I'll cherish uh, this forever oh good I yeah please um, hold beverages <laughs> I meant to get my water in it for the for the podcast but I forgot it's fine it probably needs a rinse anyway <laughs> it's, it's been in right. that little like styrofoam prison right uh, so but. what are some ways that you feel <clears throat> your love of internet communities and you know kind of finding the humor in it has influenced you creatively and your the general uh, trajectory of your life. Uh, I think I think um, it's like in openness is like finding kind of the way I followed John Hodgman to favored. I'll be like, oh, who's this person making a weird joke on Tumblr? What else do they do? And then I may realize like, oh, there's a whole like genre of comedy I haven't known about. Right. Or, or it's it's easier to fall into a, a like a just like go to this like this rabbit hole. Of, of specific comedy and find a new thing. And I think I just find myself exposed to more ideas and concepts I wouldn't have found otherwise because now I've found these kind of groups of people where if I want to, I can just investigate one person's creative works and see what they've done and be like, oh, um, like I got really into um, ironic SoundCloud mashups where people will wrap up, like they will they will combine like music from like Super Mario Brothers with like an aggressive rap song, and it is like the funniest thing in the world to me, knowing that so many people have mashed up like uh, Zelda with Death Grips, and right. just like I love that so much, and I wouldn't have found that had I not been like I like that person. What else have they done? Oh, they do jokey mashups. I love this. Hilarious. And yeah, so I think that means like now I am aware of more venues that I can, and like now I think one time I mashed up like Smash Mouth with a Green Day song. Briefly, just like I went home, I heard a song in a bar, and I, I, said, I said to a friend, "I'm like, this would go really well with with uh, All Star." Right. Like so many things could. Right. Of course. And then I went home. I spent like ten minutes in audacity, changing the the BPM of these songs, uh-huh. and like, and just it was just long enough for like a Snapchat. It right. Was like a ten second goof, and I was so satisfied. Yeah. But I was entering a space I had never done like I, it was a thing I had loved long enough to finally be like I know what needs to be done here and then spending enough time with this software in this space to to make a joke that even if I didn't do the whole song it was enough to be like 
I, I did this it. joke. I did this. Yeah. yeah. Which is satisfying. That is so that makes so much sense based on everything that we've chatted about is just that there's really, you know, how to find and use things on the internet. And like, uh, there's definitely something to be said for that. And I, and you did professionally as well. Sure. It's yeah, not yeah. just like, it's not just, you know, you are uh, going into like the Jamba Juice and <laughs> making people smoothies, but then at night you live on the internet. No, right. like professionally you've honed these skills mm. into to understanding what users should be uh looking at when they're when they're using the internet basically. yeah uh yeah i think like, a, a big part of it like i will edit the text on a website uh but in doing so if i'm like going to the weatherchannel.com and uh, i think it's just weather.com and changing the headlines because they've got these really bad clickbaity titles but with right you know intriguing <laughs> images that you can put jokes around that's also taught me a lot about how certain websites work and i can just go into a given space and kind of understand the technology of what drives a thing and that's satisfying too, and I think that has helped professionally as well. But it's mostly just pursuing curiosity with technology, and mostly I just I want to make a joke. I want to understand a joke. I want to find more humor. But like at the same time, I have to like I was curious about uh, Amazon Echo skills. Oh and so right. I made an Echo skill because they were giving you a free Echo Dot if you submitted a skill during like the month of May or no something. No way. Yeah, and so I was like, all right, I'm gonna spend three hours on this weekend yeah. to make a skill. It's called Slogan Machine. I think if you go, if you talk to an Echo device and you say, uh, enable Slogan Machine and then open Slogan Machine, it will, um, it'll, 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 it'll spit out one of like 100 slogans I wrote for everyday objects. That's amazing. So, and that could just have happened in someone's house if they had this podcast playing. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. There might have had to have been a an Alexa at the beginning of it. But yeah. you see what I'm saying? It's we, like, I can still say. It's um, a weird way the internet works. Alexa, make fart sounds. Which, by the way, she makes really good fart yeah. sounds. Yeah. She does. I wasn't expecting this device to have like so many farts built in. I think you can also say, uh, Alexa, make a fart joke. And you'll get some like, and like, it's a fart joke with like a gross sound effect at the end. I did not expect Amazon Hilarious. to provide so many. Oh my God. Just, just, ugh, icky sounds. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, but that, that was mostly just like, I want to get a free thing. Yeah. And I want to make a joke in a new space. Yeah. And that was, that was the pursuit of it. And I learned like, it's a little bit of coding. I know some coding and it was just enough to, take one of their template skills and insert my own content and change a couple things and like submit an app for review in the Amazon marketplace and then watch it go live. And now Amazing. that's just a dumb space for a joke to live. But like that, that curiosity forced me to learn something. Right. And that was very, like that was very satisfying. That's amazing. This yeah. has been such a wonderful chat. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to your continued uh, internet endeavors. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I had a lovely time. I love you, Henry, and I oh, mean that. I love you too. And I'm feeling the cold, dragging me on again. And I'm feeling so small against that big blue sky tonight. This has been an Interlox production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today and go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all.
I am GrabBot23548X.